Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to us here at Super Talk, supertalk.fm, your favorite Super Talk affiliate, Super Talk app, Super Talk TV. There's just so many places where you can find all of our great programming every day. I thank you for joining me. Rhino down there in Studio X, whenever something goes wrong, and it invariably will, I'm the guy to blame. Rhino did nothing wrong. He is the only reason this show was on the air. we got a good show tonight. we got a lot to talk about, as you might imagine. Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports joins us uh, in about 13 minutes. Uh, get his perspective. He's a guy, you know, obviously very tied into Auburn from his time there, tied into Mississippi State from his time here, and then has the national perspective as well. Want to get his thoughts on everything that's happened. Oh, what's happened? You say you've you've been under a rock since uh, since Friday uh, afternoon. Well, let me bring you up to speed as best I can, because on Saturday, your old friend Brian's just sitting there in his recliner, ready for another exciting day of college football. When we start seeing tweets, we start seeing posts on message boards about John Cohen leaving for Auburn. And my first thought was, nah, nah, it can't be. Can't be. So I reached out to a couple of friends, and I said, what's going on here? People in the uh, in the national media, and they were like, oh, it's, it's very, very real. So I started to, to do my own digging at that point, and yeah. Uh, John Cohen on Saturday had, you know, the bags packed, the car was running, and one foot out the door. Uh, made official on Monday, John Cohen taking the athletic director job at uh, the university, sorry, Auburn University. I don't, don't want to screw that up. And so the search begins here in Starkville to, for his replacement, and that will fall to Dr. Mark Keenum, uh, and who, as you, you know, if you've kept up with us on Sports Talk Mississippi, is a university president that's kind of uniquely placed within the athletic community because of his role with the college football playoff. Uh, Long story short, Dr. Mark Keenum is a huge reason that there is going to be an expanded playoff. So he is a a guy that, that, you know, can walk into almost any spot in the country and talk to those people and find out who the best candidates are going to be. For the athletic, this is also a man who has a long-time career in politics. So, if anything, is he knows how to talk to people. And so, you know, that's that's kind of the uh, the basics of it all. the The bigger picture would be, you know, why would John Cohen leave Mississippi State? Well, uh, he or someone within his camp uh, talked to Sports Illustrated Ross Dellinger and made it clear that NIL was not going the direction he wanted it to go at Mississippi State, and he felt like Auburn was better suited to the new era of college football with NIL and the collectives, to which I have two comments. One, as the athletic director, 
Maybe it's your job to motivate your donors to give to NIL. Now, I know at, you know, until recently, athletic directors couldn't publicly do that. But until, you know, there are lots of, you know, you can just have conversations with people. You can just make phone calls and, you know, send texts and say, hey, you know, need, need your help here. We need you here. So if, if you have an issue with it, you know, your, your job is to fix it. It's not to just walk away from it and say, I'll leave it for the next guy. Secondly, those comments appear, appear to have lit a fire under Mississippi State fans as the Bulldog Initiative, which we have uh, talked about at great length on the uh, on Sports Talk Mississippi. We need to get uh, Charlie Winfield, who is the operator of that fund, uh, on with us, like much the same way we had Walker Jones on from the Grove Collective. Uh, but they have nearly tripled their membership in the the what? What time is it now? Thirty hours or so since that uh, those comments were made. So Mississippi State fans, I don't know if it's spite or if they were truly motivated, but they're they're getting on board for NIL donations, which is good for a number of reasons. One, it helps you get players. But two, you're making your job more attractive to the next potential AD. They're going to say, "Wow, look at look at this, you know, look at the job they're doing NIL wise. This is a place where we can come in and be successful." Because make no mistake about it, NIL is going to be what drives success in a lot of ways. Now, State could have a NIL fund of $50 million. And it doesn't mean they're going to just out-recruit Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. That's, that's not how it's going to work. It's about maintaining where you are. And in a lot of cases, it's going to be about fighting the transfer portal. It's going to be about keeping the players you have with NIL money. Now, if this sounds distasteful to you, and and trust me when I say that I understand if it does, I get it. It's 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 a little it's a little, it feels a little, little little under the fingernails. I get it, but this is the way of the world in 2022. There's no going back. I feel like the Joker. There's no going back. You change things forever. Uh, there's no going back to the old days of amateurism and all this stuff was happening. It's just happening under the table. We didn't have to talk about it out loud. You didn't have people tweeting out, I got an NIL deal with so-and-so and such-and-such. This is the only way of the, of the world. This is a good, uh, this is true. This is a true st- statement here from Dale in the Delta that every time John Cohen was asked about NIL, he talked about this model is not sustainable. And whether you agree with that or not, and honestly, I probably do agree with it. I don't know that you can keep this up forever because eventually you're going to have situations like with Quinn Ewers at Ohio State, now at Texas. Ohio State boosters poured a lot of money into his pocket just for him to walk out the door to go to Texas. So I think businesses and business owners and entrepreneurs and donors are going to get more selective in how they do things, which is fine. So even if I think it's unsustainable, but as the public face of the organization, you can't say that. You have to say, we have to be a part of this. We have to be a leader in this. We have to, we have to be the ones who are 
being pointed at as that school has it together. They're, they understand NIL because players are watching, man. The old days of, you know, I need to know who has the best facilities or, you know, who has the, the you know, the the, 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 the the best program or who has you know, the hottest girls on campus. Those days are, are over. They're behind us. It's now who makes me the most money when I sign with them. And again, say what you want about it. It's how it is. It's how it is. So when you ask me, you say, Brian, what does State need to look for in a new athletic director? A guy who's comfortable with an IL. A guy who's comfortable with college football the way it is in 2022. I would look for a strong marketer. Mississippi State is a, not a program that can just stand back and rest on its laurels. They got to be out there, they got to be aggressive. Got to have somebody like that, somebody who understands the way the world works today. A person who's not afraid to gamble, not afraid to take a chance here or there on a promotion or on a uh, on, on on an idea. Got, you got to be a little more risky when you when you're the athletic director at Mississippi State. If I'm Mississippi State, what my my my, my goal is simple: I want to find the next Greg Byrne. I want to find a young up and comer who I could see. And you may say, you know, well, that's not a great idea. You don't want somebody to leave. I get that. But if you could tell me that State's going to hire the guy that 10 years from now is going to be the athletic director at Alabama or Ohio State, that's a success. He did great things at Mississippi State during his time there. No bones about it. That's what I think Dr. Keenum should be looking for. I would go to Alabama, to Ohio State, to Michigan, to Oklahoma, and ask, who's number two? Who's the number two guy here? Who's the guy that you feel is on the way up, the ascendant candidate? I want to talk to him. Is that going to be the way they go? I don't know. Do they find a sitting maybe group of five athletic director to talk to? Very possibly. Do you go talk to Jared Binko over at Georgia Southern, former MSU CFO? Very possibly. So we'll see. A lot of options for the Bulldogs in this search. And we will talk to Dr. Mark Keenum on Friday on Sports Talk Mississippi, live from the Greater Starkville Development Partnership. We have a live remote. Borky and I will be there. And uh, we're going to talk to Dr. Keenum. We'll talk about some of the great things happening here in Starkville, of course. But we're not letting that man sit down without giving us some ideas of what's happening in his search for a new athletic director. Let's talk more about that, and we'll talk a little bit more about it from the why perspective with Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports. He joins us next. When we come back, we'll talk to him about that. And we'll talk a little bit about the game. Mississippi State and Auburn play this weekend. The Cohen Bowl. Get his thoughts on that game and a few other things. i got a surprise question for him as well. What is it? You'll have to wait to find out. This is Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Be right back. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! Thunder and Lightning, back with you here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
we got a lot to talk about, so let's just dive right into it. My good friend Brandon Marcello joins us here, 24-7 Sports National College Football Reporter, and a guy who has, like I said, sort of a unique perspective, has covered Mississippi State, has covered Auburn, so knows both of these guys. And, and Brandon, John Cohen, you know him. Uh, I don't know that stubborn can be used as a positive word, but whatever, I don't, I, my, my vocabulary is just not good enough. Whatever the good word for stubborn is, is how I would describe John Cohen. He's a guy who's been a coach and athletic director. He gets his way. He tells you what he wants and he gets it. Auburn, a place where we have described many times the boosters kind of have, just putting it bluntly, a little more influence than anywhere else. What made, what brings these two sort of opposite forces together? I think that's why exactly he was hired um, by the president there at Auburn University because he knows that the last AD, Alan Green, not to say he's a pushover, but that's kind of what he was hired for. He was did their bidding, and then when it became clear that he didn't like doing that anymore, he left. And um, Auburn's trying their best to move away from all that drama of behind the scenes and boosters trying to get their way and everything. And the best way to do that is to get someone who's got experience, but as you said, is a little bit stubborn and has that kind of in his back pocket and is not afraid to back down from people. And, um, you know, that's exactly what they're getting in John Cohen. And that's also why Auburn also tried to go after Hunter Yurichek, the athletics director at Arkansas. He's very similar uh, as far as his mindset and the way he approaches his job. So what you're seeing is kind of a uh, an attempted sea change there among the administration. And, you know, they can say that, but my question would be, can they do that? Because it's it's difficult to say no to the people who, who write the big checks. Is John Cohen going to be able to, in your opinion, you know, sort of tame that booster culture? You know, we'll see. Um, he's certainly going to try, and I will say this. College athletics has changed quite a bit in the last five years from the standpoint of, yeah, you want to keep boosters happy, but at some point you got to start saying no to them, and you can say no to them a little bit more often these days because the big money's not coming from them really anymore. It's coming from the SEC office and all these media deals and all that. And so – Auburn feels like they're in a place right now where it's kind of like either with us or you're against us. Like if you're not happy with the way things are being run, that's too bad. We're getting tired of all this drama going on. You all these failed coups to get people fired or get someone hired, you know, and um, you know, to be quite honest, the last two times, that these boosters and power brokers, whatever you want to call them, have tried to get their way, they have swung massively and struck out. And I think this is kind of when you talk about timing and times to strike. Christopher Roberts, the president at Auburn University, who's been there for 30 years and was just promoted, so to speak, to president here in the last you know six months or so, he sees an opportunity here to, to change things under his new leadership. Let's turn, turn this around and talk about it from the Mississippi State perspective. Dr. Keenum, we all know the, the role he plays in the college football playoff. Does having him as university president give Mississippi State a, an advantage in this hiring process that they might not otherwise have? Oh, absolutely, man. And, you know, Dr. Keenum obviously has a sports background, as everybody there knows, and being in a leadership position, 
when it comes to the college football playoff, that will certainly help and entice candidates uh, there in Mississippi State. I don't think Mississippi State fans need to worry at all about prospective uh, athletic directors there. They're going to get someone who's really good and is really sharp. And for that matter, I would say that you know Mississippi State's done a pretty good job with their last three athletic directors. And um, I think now is the first time in a while that they're kind of looking on the outside instead of looking in. And um, I'm interested to kind of hear some of the names that start popping up. I know you you guys have probably talked about the common names, the ones that just make sense uh, there, whether it's guys like Weatherby, et cetera. But, you know, I think there will be a lot of people who are interested in it. The the the, the process that I've described when, when people ask me, you know, what should State do is, you know, the, the, what I said was you want to find the next Greg Byrne, a younger guy, the up-and-coming yeah. guy. You go to other schools like Ohio State or, or Alabama, or find who the number two guy is there and talk to them. Who are some of those guys that, you know, sort of under the radar that you know that are younger guys on their way up that could make sense for Mississippi State? Ooh, that's a great question. I should have prepared, I should have thought this through and prepared myself for that. You just when thought we I, were going to talk around. about comic books and stuff once again, and 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 well, it's just not that way. Well, I'll be quite honest with you. I got so busy today, I forgot I was doing this. Oh, <laughs> I did it for. It, just, it, it totally went on my back. It went, I, today's been crazy. Sorry, man. Um, I, I knew I was doing your show. I just for, I didn't even remember it was Wednesday today. Anyway, all right. That goes in my mindset. There are plenty. Yeah of candidates like that. I wonder, though, about timing. You know, I haven't talked to anybody there at Mississippi State about what kind of timing they're looking at. Do they want to get someone in place by the end of the fall semester, or are they willing to wait till the spring? I say that because if you're willing to wait till the spring, you're probably going to have a little bit more of a robust pool of of, uh, potential candidates there. And you also got to consider that there's a lot of these kind of like forums you see with these athletic directors where they get together and talk and they start to mingle a little bit more and they're outside of their safe space at their uh, current universities. And those don't really start ticking up here until December. Uh, in fact, I usually go to one myself in December in Las Vegas. And that's when you can kind of try to start making some inroads with some people and potentially interviewing them and then moving forward. It's a lot like um, uh, the coaches convention where you start seeing guys assistants moving and, and going. And, uh, you know, when it comes to ADs, that's kind of where they do everything. But, you know, I don't know if Mississippi State necessarily needs to look for a number two person uh, at a, at a – at a university right now, I think you can go out and get someone who has experience already leading an athletics department and someone with connections to the state. And for that matter, to maybe as close to Mississippi state university itself. Um, but they're going to, there are going to be plenty of people interested in that gig. Um, and you know, one that I would be interested to hear what your feedback is and what you guys think. I mean, look at, uh, you know, John Hartwell, for example, who just left Utah State. He was in the running and very much wanted the Auburn job and just sat down at Utah State to move closer to home in the South and doesn't have a job right now. Um, but anyway, 
there, there are opportunities yeah. and people out there that, that Mississippi State fans should be excited about. Feels like we're talking about a coaching search in terms of do we go coordinator or a group of five head coach for Mississippi State and 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 you know then you talk about maybe can you pull a Mike Leach a sitting Power Five guy as an athletic director I don't know if that's possible or not and Hartwell's an interesting candidate worked at Ole Miss as well so it's been in the state I mean you really got good connections there let's talk just a Absolutely. second about this this game I know it's not a huge game but again your Auburn perspective is good here. Cadillac Williams, the new interim coach. I mean, as Auburn as Auburn gets with that with that guy. Yeah. What does he change about Auburn just in terms of this game? I think that the players will actually like be excited to play in the game. The locker room will be together. Um, I think that they've become a little bit, you know, uh, you know, beaten down. Obviously, as any team would be, considering what had been going on under Brian Harson and. You know, I think there were some factions and some fractioning of the, you know, fractures of the of the locker room, and that's not going to be the case under Cadillac Williams, man. Everybody loves him. I mean, as you said, he's about as Auburn as Auburn gets. And, um, you know, I heard stories that after they had their team meeting the other day, the first time, and they announced Cadillac Williams as the interim coach, and he gave a speech and told them this is what we're going to do and this is how I'm going to handle things, blah, blah, blah. And the players were leaving the, the meeting just hooping and hollering, man. They were excited. They were pumped up. And I saw one person report, I can't remember who it was, I wish you'd give him credit, saying that uh, one player ran out and uh, said, man, we're going to run the football more. We're going to run it more. <laughs> they were just super excited. So I, that that changes things. I think you're probably going to see an Auburn team that's a little bit more cohesive uh, when they go on the road. And, you know, I, I don't know if that means that they can be competitive and, and beat Mississippi State. Heck, Cadillac Williams, I saw said today, I don't even know if we'll win another game this season, but I just want these guys to actually play hard and and play together. And I think that goes a long way in saying you telling you kind of how things were under. Yeah. We got like 30 seconds here, maybe a little bit less than that. Lane Kiffin to Auburn, what are the chances? I think they're pretty good. I, I'd give it over 50% for Auburn right now. And, um, you know, based on my reporting, the last 48 hours, I reported 48 hours ago, Lane Kiffin is their number one target. And he will we shall see. He will have to turn it down, I believe. We shall see. Brandon, always appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on with me. We'll be back in just a minute here on Thunder and Lightning. On Super Talk Mississippi. on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. Brandon Marcello just joined me. If you missed that interview with a lot of great information, you can always get it on the Super Talk, I'm sorry, on the Thunder and Lightning uh, podcast feed, which is available wherever you get podcasts from. I'm a Spotify man myself, but hey, you, you go crazy. Go wherever you want. A lot of great stuff on there. All of our podcasts that we do five days a week, this live show, and then any interviews I do separate of the uh, the podcast itself, like today, I talked to former Bulldog Michael Fair, who's now the head coach at Lafayette County. You should know that name. Uh, he was 4-0 against the Auburn Tigers 
in his career at Mississippi State. So I wanted to talk to him, and we had a lot of fun, a good conversation. That last question, by the way, was for you, Jeff, in Oxford. Jeff came to a, the remote we had in Oxford a few weeks ago at the Ole Miss Banking Symposium and said, love your show, but there's, it's a little too Mississippi State. So I got an Ole Miss question in there for you, Jeff. It's probably not the answer you wanted to hear, but it is what it is. Hope you enjoyed it. All right, let's talk about this game. There's been so much this week about Cohen and Auburn. It's just it's, it's time to it's time to shift the focus to the game. We certainly do that tomorrow on the Thunder and Lightning podcast as well. Here's the the, the, the truth of the matter, and I, I heard what Brandon had to say about the, the Auburn being fired up, and I think they'll probably come out pretty strong, and and, and you know they'll they'll have good energy and they'll they'll be into the game. But Auburn's just not a good football team, guys. They're just not. Man, they 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 they, are, they just they can't stop anybody uh, defensively. They've given up forty points in three straight games, and plus another game they play. They give up forty points to Penn State. Penn State's not a good offensive football team, and yeah, they give up forty points to them. Um, offensively, they're kind of one dimensional. Uh, they're kind of uh, you know they they run the ball well. Don't get me wrong. Ashford is a really good uh, runner of the football. And Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, that's as good a, as much talented a duo of running backs as you've got in the SEC. But Ashford struggles in the passing game. He's only completing 53% of his passes on the year. Uh, he's five and f- five touchdowns, five interceptions. And a lot of the passing yards they've piled up in the past couple weeks have been in the second half in situations where they were down, you know, 17, 20 points. I mean, look at the Ole Miss game. Yeah, Ashford had a great game in that, but he was already down 21 nothing when they started playing football. They can't, you can't do that. So if you're Mississippi State, and you've been this Jekyll and Hyde team this year, right? At home, you look like one of the best teams in the country. On the road, you look like you can't win. You're 1-3 and three on the road. You're 4-0 and oh at home. You're averaging 40-plus a game on the, at home. What are you averaging on the road? You know, without doing the math, what, 13 or 16, uh, 17, and 6, plus the, uh, the Arizona game. So not a lot. It's a lot to a, le- a lot less. I think at home against this Auburn defense, you see a little bit more of the Will Rogers you're used to seeing. You're seeing a guy who's in control of the offense. I do think State will, will run the ball more than they have been these past couple of games. They'll get back to what they that worked really well against uh, Texas A&M and Arkansas. It's supposed to rain Saturday night as well, so I mean that the weather might play a, a role in that, but. Injury-wise, on all the offensive side of the ball, supposed to have LaQuinston Sharp back, so that allows you to reset your offensive line um, with the group that did so well in those two games I just mentioned, where you can put Nick Jones at left tackle, Stephen Lasoya at left guard, Sharp at center, and then Cole Smith and Cam Jones at, on the right side. and allows Dollar Bill, Travis Johnson, to come in and sort of be that swing guy who can go to either guard spot or either tackle spot, spot as you need him. And you should have Dylan Johnson back. Now, he may not be 100%, but he's good enough to play. He's practicing this week. And so that allows State to have all their weapons offensively. State's about as healthy as, as they've been all year. I'll talk about another injury uh, when we talk about the defensive side of the ball. But I think State's going to run the football effectively. And, again, that, when, when you talk about Mississippi State running the football, you're not talking about 40 carries or anything like that. You're just talking about 20, 25 carries at most. But if you do that and you're getting four or five yards of carry and you're around 100, 125 yards, perfect. That's how this, that's where this offense works. It doesn't work when you're throwing the ball 55, 60 times and you're only running at seven or eight. That doesn't work. Not in the SEC. Can't have it. Got to be able to be more balanced. Got to be able to have that, that running game. 
And then with Rodgers, you know, Auburn has given up some big plays in the passing game this year. Uh, they're, they're not great on defense, either on the front end or the back end, but they can pressure the quarterback a bit. So State's line has got to be vigilant. They've got to be able to, to do their job. But if they do that and Will Rogers is protected, it should be fine. I think State's putting up 40 points in this game. They did it at home again. They've done it at home all year. I think I think Arkansas and Texas A&M are comparable to Auburn defensively. Arkansas is not great against the pass. Sam is not great against the run. Auburn is really not great against either one of them. They're getting up over 400 yards a game. So take it from there. Defensively, I do expect Auburn to be run heavy, as they should be. That's where their strength is. Ashford, Bigsby, Hunter. I mean, you know, if we were talking 20 years ago, line those guys up in, you know, the, the I formation and, and, you know, go to town with some option offense. Now, their offensive line has been a problem this year. And, and injuries, when they lost their starting center, and when I say lost him, I mean he retired from football because of injuries prior to the start of the season. And it's just been a, 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 you know, a jumble trying to keep guys healthy. On the other side of that, State is finally looking like they're going to get Jaden Crumney back, who's missed the first eight games. He should be back in the lineup. I would expect him to start uh, this Saturday. And if that's the case, that's a big piece for Mississippi State, especially when we're talking about Running a team that wants to run the football. Crumity is a great run stopper at that defensive tackle position. So between him and Cam Young, uh, Nathan Pickering, Javon Banks, uh, and then you know, the other side of Jordan Davis and Randy Charlton and those guys, now you've got your, all the guys you thought you were going to have at the beginning of the year. So Crumity coming back is huge. And I think State's linebacking core is a big key in this game because when you talk about stopping the run, that's where it's, it really works for State. Watson and Johnson have been, it sounds like a law firm, right? Call the firm. Do you have problems with running backs running wild on your defense? Call the law firm of Watson and Johnson. I, mean, I can hear Jet saying, we'll get the tackles for you. Those guys have been really good against the run. They're two of the top, I think, four tacklers in the SEC uh, at this point. So... Those two guys, I think, do a great job. And then Tyrus Wheat as well, sort of that hybrid of he's rushing the passer, but he's also great against the run for Mississippi State. So I think State's linebackers can be a big key in terms of what neutralizes the Auburn rushing game. And then when until you talk about passing, you, know, you, can, you have to start, obviously, with, uh, with Emmanuel Forbes, who is having an All-American caliber season. He's a semifinalist for the Thorpe Award. Uh, has just been playing at a really high level this year and has done what he's done his entire career. When you throw the ball to him, not only does he intercept it, but he's he's such a great threat to go back the other way. And a defensive touchdown is just, when you're Auburn and you're giving up 40 points a game as it is, giving up defensive scores is just, that's backbreaking. You can't do it. So if State can get a touchdown from the from special teams or defense in this one, I mean, it's it's going to be tough for Auburn to overcome that. So... Everything on paper is going to favor Mississippi State in this game. That's why State's a 13-point favorite as we sit here on, on, on a Wednesday night. That's why. is you know State's more talented. They have better players at basically every position. They play better as a team. The game is at home. Leach is a better coach. He, he's a better coach than Harson, and he will be a better coach than, than Cadillac Williams. Everything favors Mississippi State. The reason state people are nervous and the reason that some people are saying, well, you never know, is this off-the-field stuff. This year, for some reason, a huge trend of 
uh, interim coaches winning games uh, at Nebraska, at Georgia Tech. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other interims around the country that have, you know, because there have been so many midseason firings uh, this year. But they, they've had success. Georgia Tech, I think, or maybe I said that twice. Regardless. So that's something to worry about. I mean, it's, it's, but it's not, it's something you can control, it's something you can quantify. You know, you heard Brandon Marcello say that the Auburn players are excited, and I'm sure they are. Cadillac Williams is a good young coach. He could be a head coach someday. There's no question about that. And I do think he'll have this team motivated. He'll have them ready to play for Auburn. It's just going to be, you know, if they get punched in the mouth early, how much fight do they really have? That's what happened a couple weeks back with Texas A&M. You know, we, we, A&M coming off of some bad losses, and you're just thinking, okay, how much fight do they really have? And State hit them in the mouth and went up a couple touchdowns, and next thing you know, it's 42-24. to 24. Arkansas was playing without their starting quarterback. All right, how much fight do you really have? It's 14 nothing Mississippi State, and it finishes up 40-17. to 17. So State's got to get off to a quick start. I feel like that's cliched at this point, but they do. They get off to a quick start. They get up 7 nothing. They get up 10 or 14 to nothing. And Auburn, I'm not saying they'll quit. I'm just saying it's tough for them to come from behind. That's why they couldn't do it against Ole Miss. They couldn't do it against uh, Arkansas. Against LSU, they had a 17-point lead, blew that, and couldn't couldn't recover. That's just kind of where Auburn is. So, will Auburn be better next year? I think so. When they get the right coach in there with the transfer portal, anything's possible. And it doesn't have to be Kiffin. Deion Sanders' name has been thrown around? Sure. Absolutely. Could do it. Hugh Freeze? Could absolutely do it. But this year, this game, like I said, there's a reason Mississippi State is a uh, two-touchdown favorite favorite on this. So, Bigsby, another guy I don't have anything on Judkin Evans, and I'm a State fan. I said they're one of the better ones. So they're one of the best. I didn't say they were the Guys, listen. Just, just keep up. It's okay. All right, guys, back in just a minute. We'll finish it up here on Thunder and Lightning. On Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Let's wrap up another Wednesday here with you on Thunder and Lightning. I'm Brian Haydad. That was Rhino down there in uh, Studio X. He's the better half of this uh, this this team that we've got going here. Question here from the uh, Ceasefire text line. I would love for Kiffin to go to Auburn, but I really don't see it. Keep dreaming, bud. Who's dreaming here? I asked a question. I got an answer. If we were to lose to Ole Miss again and Kiffin happened to take the job, do you think Leach will be here next year? I think Leach will be here next year, uh, barring him not wanting to be here next year. Now, will he be here in 2024? Well, that's another story. Certainly with a new athletic director, would not mind making a splash higher all right off the bat, but he's he's not, he's coaching next season unless he decides not to, in my opinion. All right. Let's get some uh, some playmakers and a prediction here on the, on the board. 
As always, we will invoke the no Will Rogers rule. We will not pick Will Rogers as our playmaker, but I don't think I'm going to because I think I'm going to talk about the running game again. And Dylan Johnson, I think he's going to have a big role to play this weekend. He'll 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 get some carries. But I'm going to go back to Jaquavius Marks. I thought he ran the ball pretty effectively against Alabama. Uh, he is 25 catches shy of becoming Mississippi State's all-time leading receiver. I don't expect him to break that record this week. But why not get a good start on it? May get a good start on it this week. You know, he could have another 7-8 catch game. I think Marks will be around 60, 70 yards rushing, maybe 50, 60 yards receiving. Or you could, you could reverse that one way or the other. So close to 120, 130 all-purpose yards, maybe a score or two. But I think he'll be a big part of what State wants to do this weekend. I think when State throws it short, they're going to be looking for marks. I do think State has to do a better job of pushing the ball down the field. They need guys like Ra Thomas and Caleb Ducking to start showing up in these games. All right, it's it's great to you know when you're when you're you're up big and you're front running a little bit. And I'm not saying those guys are front runners, but you know it's it's easy to catch touchdown passes when the game is kind of already decided. Can you do it when when they need you? Can you make the big third down catch? Drop passes have been a plague for Mississippi State this year. Which is surprising because I know that Spurrier is a great wide receivers coach, and in the years the past couple of years it hasn't been as much of an issue, but this year it really has been. So you need those two guys specifically to step up, and Tulu Griffin a bit as well. You know, you've got these talented guys. You've got to find a way to uh, to get them the ball, and then when you do get them the ball, you've got to find a way for them to catch it. Defensively, I mentioned him already. Buki Watson is going to be my my uh, my playmaker here on the defensive side of the ball. Just needs to to do what he's been doing all year: stuff the run. But he's also a guy who can match up with Ashford a little bit, and, and you know keep him in the pocket, can contain him a bit. Uh, but he can also take on Tank Bigsby and harder. And uh, I'm sorry, Hunter as well. So. Uh, Buki Watson will be the guy I have an eye on. I, I could easily see in this being a uh, a double-digit tackle day, not only for him but for Jet Johnson as well. And then I'm going to sort of stay with the linebackers there for my X factor because I think offensively State's going to be able to have success. I think they're going to be good offensively in this game. So uh, defensively, Tyrus Wheat, another guy who can I think can help chase down Robbie Ashford but also be helpful in the run game. Uh, I think that he is a guy that you can you can sort of count on. He's been really good for State this year, maybe underrated, one of the most underrated players in the SEC. I think he has a bright NFL future just because he's he's just so versatile. He can he can he can put his hand in the ground and, and stop the run, but he's great against the pass as well. So Tyrus Wheat. And then from a for a prediction standpoint, guys, like I said, I think this game is going to go the same way it did against uh, Texas A and M and Arkansas. I think State's putting forty on the board, and they'll give up a lot less than that. Forty two twenty one. Is where I'm leaning here, and you may be surprised with, "Oh my gosh, hey dad," you know, and and that, that doesn't come from the uh, the position of ultra confidence or anything like that. I know some of y'all get get nervous when I start really getting confident, but I mean that's just what state's been at home this year. Auburn is not a good team. If Brian Harson hadn't been fired, nobody would be thinking anything about what could possibly go wrong for state. And I understand they've got a little extra little extra juice, a little extra gas in the tank. I get that, but. Now, I think State comes out and gets a, an early lead and handles Auburn, and then you're 6-3, and three, and it's just about winning two of the next three. Obviously, you'd love to sweep, but with Georgia, I, I don't count on it, but it's about getting eight wins, eight wins for Mississippi State. That Egg Bowl continues to loom large each and every week uh, that we talk about it. All right, we got a lot going on tomorrow on Thunder and Lightning Podcast. I talked to uh, Richard Silva 
a, the new Auburn beat writer. He dropped in on Monday. His first day was Monday. What a first day with that. So I thought that was an interesting perspective. Friday's Thunder and Lightning podcast, I'm supposed to finally talk. We know one king, and he is the king in the South. Brandon Walker supposed to join me for Friday's uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast for his address to the Bulldog Nation. Also, uh, don't forget Saturday, if you're coming up to Starkville or if you're in the area on WKBB 100.9 FM, the Mississippi Peanut Supply Tailgate Show, I talked to Coach Zach Arnett for that show. So we some great stuff there. He keeps me in line, as he always does. And then, of course, two more days of Sports Talk Mississippi, including Friday's show, which will be live from the Greater Starkville Development Partnership here in my hometown of Starkville, Mississippi. Dr. Keenan will join us. Neil Price will join us, the voice of the Bulldogs and a lot more as well. So thanks, guys, for tuning in to Thunder and Lightning. For Rhino, I'm Brian Haydad. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you again next Wednesday here on Thunder and Lightning. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.